Crap with Beth and Matt. Cut to Crap is the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. In today's episode, we have the three musketeers of no bullshit health and fitness. That's right, we are joined by Sabrina McMullen, aka Beefcake Brina on TikTok. We talk about Sabrina's decision to drop out of her bodybuilding competition preparation, her struggles with an eating disorder as a teenager, and we introduce a new overrated, underrated segment where we do a rapid fire round of topics and talk about whether or not they are, you guessed it, overrated or underrated. Let's go. All right, we are back with another episode of Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt, and today we have Sabrina McMullen on joining us, another fantastic no bullshit coach, one of our favorites. Hey, Welcome. Yes. thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thanks Absolutely. For having me. I, I was thinking about this uh, beforehand. I was like, this is kind of like the trifecta of no bullshit coaches right here. So <laughs> <laughs> it is. This is a perfect, like, I feel like three musketeers right now. Like, we're all, <laughs> yes. Yes. I, freaking I love, love it. it. I, mm-hmm. Um, what, what's up with you today, uh, Sabrina? Uh, you training today or coaching calls today or yeah, all the above? I had a lot of coaching calls earlier this morning. Um, I had about six. So I did that this morning. I had some training earlier this morning and uh, I'll be training myself later today and then more calls. <laughs> Amazing. Do you, do you so, still train in person? I only train one lady in person and I do it for free because I have nice. an emotional connection with her. Yeah. Um, so she, she doesn't know that, but we can, we can all keep <laughs> that a secret here. Um, yeah. But I just, she started off her journey at like 400 pounds and I've helped her lose um, uh, a little over a hundred pounds now. So I'm oh my like, God, amazing. I didn't help her out, but that like, is amazing. when I stopped in-person training, I didn't want to leave her because her and I yeah. are just like so close. So I, get I was it. like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to work here anymore, but I still want to help you out. So every Monday and Wednesday, I go see her in the morning. That's nice. huge. That's amazing for you. And in-person training too, I think like, you, you, not if you don't, you know, use it, you don't lose it. But I think it's just nice to still be able to do that every once in a while, right? Because I don't train many people in person anymore myself. Um, it's just, yeah. there's so much time that we need to dedicate to doing this that we just don't really have the time for that anymore, right? Absolutely. That's kind of the thing that I got to back early of this year where I was like, literally killing myself over in-person training because I was like starting to grow online. And I was like, wait, but I have all these clients here. And I was just going back and forth. Right. And it was it was a mess. Um, and unfortunately, you know, at that point you have to sacrifice one. So yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. That's okay. That's okay. Cool. We're all in a, all in a good place now. So no worries. Yeah. So, uh, Sabrina yourself, you, um, are back in show prep, aren't you? Or are you getting ready to be back in prep? Um, yes. Yeah, so right now I am technically in prep and I might as well just make the announcement here. Uh, so why, why not? Uh, so recently I've been thinking, I've been thinking about this. Um, recently I've come to the conclusion, uh, that due to a lot of things happening with, um, you know, my coach not seeing eye to eye with me and, and just a lot of like, kind of like issues internally there, I may have to pull from this national show. Um, but I've also gotcha. realized that like mentally after I pulled out of my first prep, I tried to get back into the second prep. And again, we just were not meeting eye to eye, nothing against her. I, I love my, my coach to death. Um, but I think I'm in a place in life right now where like my business is really progressing 
and I have to choose one or the other. <laughs> so um, one thing I've been told by everyone else is that the stage will always be there, right? Yeah. And the bodybuilding is a very, very, very patient sport. Um, and right now I've had like urges to travel and like urges to like expand my business, but I can't do that unless I sacrifice the time for bodybuilding. So I've had to choose one or the over one or the other right now. And so, yeah, it is probably going to happen very, very soon here that I'm going to be end up, end up pulling out of this prep to start furthering okay. myself and kind of other aspects of life. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that too, especially if you touch on a couple of things there. I love how open you are about, you know, the toll that it takes on your mental health being, you know, in prep like that. And that you that's why you pulled out of the last one, right? Was because it was really taking its toll on you, I think. It um, was, yeah, it was definitely more so it wasn't even mental health. I wouldn't say I would say it was more physical health because like my first oh, prep, okay. like, I grew my entire business while being in prep. The second prep mentally, I was actually more there than I was in the first prep. What happened was my body started reacting negatively to the protocol coming up very, very close to a few weeks out. Um, and like long, I mean, you know, I, again, like long story short, my coach just, and I just did not meet eye to eye sure. on just the protocol. And at that point we were just like butting heads and I knew what was best for my body. And, you know, we, it just wasn't, it wasn't a good connection that, you know, we, we used to have, but, the, but that's okay. That happens, right? Like you, you, sometimes you outgrow coaches or, you um, have to kind of move on to, to a different level. And so that's kind of one thing that I realized a little bit too late. Um, but I, again, there's always next year, there's always the following year. Um, but yeah, it was more of like a physical like downfall. It wasn't necessarily a mental downfall because I started getting like, like acne all over my face. And like, my face is always clear. Like it's, always clear so I started experiencing that I was like heavily bloated all the time like extreme water weight extreme fatigue I was sleeping all day every day um it was it was it was terrible and and at that point I was like okay if this keeps going on for any longer it will start to affect my mental health so I was like I can't do that I was like my body needs to fuel itself and it's telling me it's done so um, from there I've been reverse dieting. I feel a lot better. Um, but I'm about to go get my hormones checked out to kind of see where I'm at on like the panel, see where, um, if I need to kind of like lower my cortisol, cause I have a feeling my cortisol is like really, really high. Um, and then just go from there and again, just like take things slow, start over next year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so Fantastic. smart that you're listening to your body, you know? For Thank sure. you. I think it's like one thing we all preach on our pages is to listen to your body. And I would be I think such a hypocrite to push through my prep and push through into this show um, without, with you know, ignoring the signs and ignoring the the warnings that my own body was given and giving me. Yeah. And, yeah. And like, and you, that, I mean, go ahead, Beth. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, it's super important, especially I think you have such an incredible story of how like um, where you've come from until now. And like mm -hmm. recognize that being where you were before is like, it's huge. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. I, I think the eating disorder that I went through like several years ago definitely helped me become more in tune with my body. So now I know exactly what to look for. I know, you know, the physical signs, the mental signs. I know when to bring it, dial it back or when to push a little harder or where my body is kind of sitting at. 
Um, so yeah, it's definitely, it was like a blessing and a curse. I would have to say that my eating disorder a long time ago definitely has taught me how to really, really, really listen to my body and hone in on, uh, how my body's feeling. Yeah. Do you mind like talking about that a little bit, how that came about and how you transpired to where you are today? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm totally open to it. So a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, no, for sure. In fact, I do come across a lot of people who have dealt with uh, eating disorders. So I guess just first off, it all, to make a long story short, I guess it all started in my like childhood. Um, And I used to be like the the chubby kid. I was, I have been bullied ever since I, ever since I can remember. So like, I don't know, pre-K, kindergarten. Um, I used to get bullied for having big feet. I was ugly. I was annoying. I was this, I was that. And so I felt like this like outcast. And then being on chubby on top, chubby on top of that, while like all these other girls were like active and like fit in school. And like during recess, I would like sit in the corner while they like went out and played like dodgeball or kickball or they ran around because I was too afraid of like playing with them and like running out of breath or not being able to run or, you know, like simply just, you know, not being able to keep up with them. So that and being bullied, that was all terrible in and of itself. And then I remember one day showing up to the doctor and they're like, yeah, if you don't, you know, do something with your health and and lose some weight at this rate, you're going to be very obese by the time you're in your early 20s. And so that scared the shit out of me. I was like 12, 13. Like, I didn't know what to think. Holy shit. Um, So I was like, okay, what do I do? So when I got to high school, I was like, okay, let me join the swim team. So I joined the swim team. I started working out there. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed the sport, but then I started losing weight and I was like, wow, this is great. But I became obsessed with it. And I ended up losing about 60 pounds. So I think I had weighed like 160 as like, like, mind you, like I was a kid, 160 as a kid and swimming over time within like a solid year, I had lost a full 60 pounds and I was down to like, 100 pounds and fluctuating between 100 and 110. And and mind you, I grew to 5'10". So I'm a 5'10 woman at 100, 110 pounds. That's extremely underweight and extremely unhealthy. Mm -hmm. My body fat was like 10%, 11%. It was really, really, really bad. And But in the mirror, I looked at myself and I was like, oh, let me just keep going. Like, this is great. Like, I'm finally losing weight. I'm starting to fit in. And of course, like social media didn't help. Because I got social media in high school and I started looking at Instagram and that's when I started believing all the skinny tea stuff, the waist trainer, this, the take this diet pill, the appetite suppressants, blah, blah, blah. And I tried all of it. I did all of it. I did everything I could. Yeah. I starved myself. If I got over 1200 calories, I would freak out and I would punish myself with like extensive cardio, even though I did a two hour practice, you know, at the beginning of the day with my swim team. And then I would sit there and I would like, do my exercise in the morning with my swimsuit and go all day without eating. And then I would like binge as well after the fact or after like school. So it became this whole thing. And then one day my mom like convinced me to, to go to the doctor for just like a normal checkup. And then they were like, they diagnosed me with um, anorexia nervosa. Um, and then I was diagnosed with binge eating disorder. Um, and then I sat there and then like, that was like the, that, I think that's what I needed to hear from a professional. Cause it's one thing for like your parents to tell you. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to listen to my mom. I'm not going to listen to my dad. Although they were really, really trying to look out for me. You know, people with eating disorders just have that mental disconnect and they're just in denial 
of them having an eating disorder because it feels normal to them or they, you know, think they're like, you know, just losing weight and it's fine. Like they're getting healthier when really I was just killing myself from the inside out. Um, so I heard that from the professional that was diagnosed with those two conditions. And I was like, oh shit, like I need to do something about this. How old were you at that time? I was roughly 16. So like I started swimming right at 14, 15 years old. I developed my eating disorder. I was probably full fledged in it by 16. And then that lasted for about a year or two. Um, Because it took me a bit to kind of like figure out like, okay, what did I want to do? Because um, the, the bullying never stopped. Like from the time that I was chubby to the time that I became thin, it never stopped. It kind of just transitioned to like, oh, you're like the fat girl to like, oh, your skin and bones, like, let me make jokes about your, like, eating uh, disorder and, like, the way you look now. From one, one end of the spectrum to the other. Yeah, so I was like, well, if people are going to bully me for being too fat and too skinny, like, I might as well just get strong. And yeah. so my first superficial reason of getting into lifting was that I wanted to be so strong that I was either, A, stronger than the boys or most boys, and then, B, I just wanted people to stop making fun of me, period. Like, I just didn't want to deal with that shit anymore. So I started lifting and I got really into it. I would always be like the only girl within the, the, they had like this weightlifting room for like the football, uh, football boys. I was always in there like every day, like lifting, um, and whatnot. And I got really, really, really strong and I ended up gaining some good weight back and whatnot. Um, and then I decided that I wanted to go into the Marine Corps. And so I applied for the scholarship and the second I got this full ride scholarship and it was like announced at our graduation and it kind of just in front of everyone, it was sad, but that was the first time I've ever felt respected by my peers was that, that moment when they all found out that like, I was like capable of like so much more. So that kind of pissed, kind of pissed me off as kind of like a teenager. I'm like, really? Like, this is what, this it, is what it takes for people yeah. to, to respect me. Um, and then I went to college. I did a lot of training with the Marine Corps. So I had college at the same time while I was training with a, a, a unit. Um, I got hazed there. Not going to name the unit. Not going to name names or anything. I did get hazed there. And I was like, great. Like more bullying. What, what else am I going to do? Oh, fuck. Um, but then eventually, I think like a semester, I was the only woman on the Marine side. So eventually, about a semester in, they're like, oh, shit, like Sabrina's the real deal. Like she's not like this girl that thinks like, oh, I'm tough and like I'm just going to drop out because that's weird they were expecting. They're like, oh, like a girl's like on the Marine side, like, psh. you know, that that's that's what they think. But then uh, when I showed the hard work and the ethic, I eventually became the favorite and whatnot. Um <laughs> of the unit. Uh, but uh, from there, then I noticed that I was giving up opportunities in the fitness industry for the Marine Corps. And then at one point in life, I had to choose between the Marine Corps or um, bodybuilding and the fitness industry and starting my own business and kind of pursuing everything from there. And I don't regret my decision. So I, I, I you know, moved on from that phase of my life. Uh, and then that this is where I am now. Went through college, started my business, and boom, here we the are. The rest is history. Like, Amazing. Yeah, the rest is Amazing. history. <laughs> helping <laughs> helping thousands of people every day. Yeah. Fantastic. That's what I, I love about today. I've never, never, ever in my wildest dreams would I expect to blow up on TikTok the way I have because it's fu- it's just funny because going from someone who was never liked by anyone and who was just always treated like I was nothing or talked down on or 
or this or that. Like it's, you know, like now I was like, I can be myself yeah. and people actually like enjoy it. And I'm like, wow, this is like such a cute, like, oh, how the tables have turned. Like that's how it feels. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Your story is like, that's turned into your, like your passion. And now it's like, you, it, it comes out in your videos. Like, you know, like you've been through it and it's yeah. like, when you've been through it, you can fucking teach it. You yeah. know, and it totally shows. And that's why I think you're so relatable to a lot of people. Oh, well, and, thank and you. And she's also an ally too, you know, like she's, she sticks up for the people that don't have a voice. The, the, yeah. The people that are getting yeah. bullied in the comments and in videos and people that are getting fat shamed or just all the bullshit information that was harmful to, mm-hmm. to, 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 to Sabrina and to other people as well. That's mm-hmm. why, I mean, it shows that's why you're passionate. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's exactly what I do. What I do. At first it used to be like, Oh, like, let me just call people out. (laughs) I think it's really turned into like, okay, like calling people out is not necessarily warranted, but in the case that it is warranted, that's when, you know, the danger or the the public's being put in danger. That's when it's warranted. I think when there is a lot of misinformation out there and, you know, again, it's, it's harmful, it's harmful. It's potentially harmful to someone that's where I think people need to speak out about it. And there's not enough of us. I can honestly say there's yeah. not enough of us. And I'm glad I ended up finding y'all. Cause I remember when I first started TikTok <laughs> and I blew up over my first, like calling someone out video, I was like, Holy shit. There's like me and like two other people. And like, that's it. Like who, like nobody else is calling this shit out. And then I discovered y'all and I'm like, okay, great. That's like a community of us calling people out because there needs, yeah. Right. Yeah, there needs to be this authenticity and this realness in the industry and it's so sad that we're a part of this shitty industry but the, at the same time no, no. i think it's great that we we can you know clear things up bring in like the science and the evidence and yeah. really like <clears throat> help people find the truth yeah. versus allow mm-hmm. them to be misled by everything else uh, there's and so I truly, much bullshit out i truly there. feel it's, like it's insane yeah, there yeah. is. And I truly feel like we, us three and other people that we've connected with other coaches, we can change the way that people perceive the fitness industry or the way things are done, you know, with just being fucking being a human being, just being compassionate and having empathy for and and not lying to people to bottom, you know, to line our bottom pocket. And that's really yeah. what it comes down to. We like you know, if if that stuff's being your focus point, making money, we didn't get into this industry to make money. Clearly, if we did, we'd be selling some horseshit supplements. But um, uh-huh. I truly believe that as, as as much as it seems like an uphill battle most days, I do think that we can change um, the perception and, and the diet culture and all that. We are Absolutely. changing it, Matt. We are. Yeah, yeah. Slowly, <laughs> slowly, not slowly, time, slowly. but we are. <laughs> yeah. well, it's, it's funny when. <laughs> when we see other accounts get punished, you know, like the fit Adam and got banned and other people get banned. And I, it's, it's a fine line, right? Cause when we, when we do those things, calling people out, that puts us on people's radar. It, it yeah. puts us on a target for people because it put target on our back. So that's when people start reporting us and, and speaking out against the misinformation and the harmful products out there. It's people don't like that because you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're coming after them. You're attacking you're, you're not attacking them. You're attacking what they're, what they stand for essentially. And yeah. you know, they, that's their ego as well. So. Exactly. I think this is such an ego driven industry. And that's kind of one thing that I've learned, like even with us, like where we call like people out, like it's so easy for us to like grow as accounts and maybe develop an ego. Cause we're like, 
oh, we're like some big shots on TikTok and this and that. But like, we got to remember to always like dial it back and, and whatnot. Because at the end of the day, like it truly is about just helping other people and educating, educating the public and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I know you're absolutely right. Some people look at that education and like you said, it is that fine line, you know, and if people feel like it's been crossed or like they get hurt because you said something that they, they, it's not necessarily that they, I would say dis, they disagree, but they also like, you're coming for something that they're in. Like if they stand for the 1200 calorie diet and, you know, we call that out with the science and, and, and with, with the background and everything, they're not going to necessarily be hurt by the fact that maybe like you're yelling, but they feel personally offended, right? They, they feel personally offended because they're following that diet or they're doing whatever, you know, you say is not healthy or this and that. And I think that's where people like get butt hurt. And then again, like, like you said, the, the mass reporting and, and, and then the, this and that, and, you know, that's, I think that's the, a whole other tangent with the, the moderation on TikTok. I don't like it, but it is. It yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think what's important for for us to help people understand too, and we do we do this is we're not saying those things don't work, like you know, twelve hundred calorie diet or keto diet or all that stuff. Yeah. We're not saying that stuff doesn't work. We're saying that it's not sustainable, and in a lot of situations, especially with twelve hundred calories, it's not safe for long term health. And that's what we're in this for is yeah. to teach people how to be healthier and live live a better lifestyle. So when we yeah. go after those things, we're not saying they don't work. It's like, can you do this forever? No, you probably can't. So let's figure out how to make this work for you um, long term. Yeah, absolutely. I think teaching teaching people to walk away, and this is something I always tell my clients, like, I want you to be able to walk away not needing me anymore, right? And yep. so I think teaching that sustainability, like y'all both preach and, preach and like I preach, um, is super, super important because yeah. you, you and I, y'all and I know damn well that there's coaches out there that are like, yeah, hop on my program. We're going to put you on 1200 calorie diets. You're, you're going to take this, 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 this supplement, and you're going to do mm. long bouts of cardio and you're going to overtrain you're going to do this. And yes, you will lose this much weight in this amount or whatever. Like, yes, you will lose weight quickly. Red flag. But then, <laughs> Yeah, red flag, right? It's the wrong type of weight. It's not going to be sustainable. You're going to hop off the program and then you're going to revert back. You're going to develop a bad relationship with food. And I think people don't think about the long-term consequences because I think we as people are so obsessed with like short-term satisfaction that it's so difficult to try and get into something that is sustainable or be in it for the long haul because we're all like, now, 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 results, results, you know? Yeah. 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 For sure. And because we're so we're so ingrained, so ingrained with us in, into our mindset now is like X amount of weight and X amount of days. And it's every you see that everywhere or take this pill mm-hmm. to lose 10 pounds in one week. And it's just like I it's just uh, so, so frustrating. Yeah, no, <laughs> it is frustrating. Sabrina, I agree. What, do you, what do you feel is the most toxic thing that you've seen on TikTok in in terms of like diet culture? Di- okay, diet culture. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay, recently it is yeah. people throwing around the word you have an eating disorder. Mm. I think in the mm. past few months, yes. especially, I have noticed for some fucking reason people will do what others and be like, So you're telling, like, this one girl had this video that went viral and she. All she did was duet this guy and she was like, so you're telling me this is not an eating disorder. There's other people like saying like, you have an eating disorder, you have an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. 
And like, I'm sitting here, like having done my research on like the brain patterns of different eating disorders, like going off, like do your research. Trying to say that like a bodybuilder had like orthorexia, which is the, um, the it is the right? obsession with pure food. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference between, let's say, a bodybuilder who has orthorexia and a bodybuilder who doesn't have orthorexia is the mental disconnect. The mm-hmm. bodybuilder who is all in it and, and it has that good relationship with food, if you told them to go eat a burger, they would not hesitate to step outside of their regimen and eat that damn burger. Whereas mm-hmm. the person with orthorexia would absolutely hesitate. And they would have that extreme mental disconnect, that guilt, that except. So it's like it's like small key differences that mm-hmm. like set apart someone who has ortho from so- someone who doesn't have orthorexia. It's like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like people are like, oh, that's a symptom eating disorder. Like we have yeah. to realize that like correla- a correlation in this case will does not always equal causation. So I think we're For always sure. so quickly like people are always just so quickly to judge and label people wrongly mm. label people or accuse people of having eating disorders, but they wouldn't call yeah. someone who makes a living off of playing video games obsessed, right? They wouldn't call their favorite Olympians obsessed right. with their diet right. and their training, but they're so quick to maybe label this group of people or this group of people as having an eating disorder, which is actually something I want to rant about on TikTok very soon, but it's the okay. throwing yeah. around of the word eating disorder yeah. without truly knowing what it is and what it means and it actually just invalidates people who actually suffer from one yeah, and that's I a great point totally that's a great agree. point I totally agree yeah no exactly because like also, you know you can go ahead i would say i mean there's also a, di- a difference between a full-blown eating disorder and disordered tendencies right i mean um, of yes. course, you know, one can lead disordered eating tendencies can lead into an, an eating disorder, but it doesn't mean that you do have an eating disorder just because you have some bad, you know, t- tendencies with food. Um, that's the way I look at it. But also, like, I'm not a fucking therapist, so I'm not going to I'm, I'm literally never going to accuse yeah. somebody of that, you know. So, yeah, um, exactly. But- <laughs> I think the only way it's uh, I think like then again, like where it's warranted, right? If it's someone's promoting their very, very low calorie, what I eat in a day. And then you see in the comments, like people are like, oh, I'm going to try this. Oh my God. I'm, and they're like, oh, giving yeah, that yeah, advice. Yeah. I think that's where it's like warranted. And you got to step in. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, you have to step in. But yeah, that is a fine line. And that's really what I've been seeing recently is people just chucking around that word as if it's like, ev- as if everyone has an eating disorder because their eating patterns don't match theirs. Like, like mm-hmm. for example, I think last year after my show, I, so after a bodybuilder show, it is very normal to celebrate with your favorite meal. Now, right. are we going to eat thousands of calories? Yes. Cause our body is so depleted at that point. We did all we needed to do for the biofeedback. Now we got to get our body back to a healthier, more sustainable state. So it's very, very normal to go out and eat a big meal that is worth thousands and thousands of calories and whatnot. But again, the difference between a bodybuilder who will do that and have, and actually have an eating disorder is they'll have, they'll have that huge meal. Right. And then they'll start having the mental disconnects and the guilt and the, and then the body dysmorphia and the, you know, and all these other, and then it'll start snowballing from there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have that healthy relationship with food, you have that meal, you, you, you know, you feel great. And then you kind of, you just bring yourself back into a slow reverse diet and you're good to go. You're good to go. But like, if I were like to post me having like my celebratory, like 
meal or whatnot, which I did, my celebratory snacks, people are like, mm, this is giving me very ED vibes and this oh, and God. that. At point, like you can't explain to people what they don't, what they don't understand because there's very key differences between again, the bodybuilder who has an eating disorder and the bodybuilder who actually does not have the eating disorder. Right. Um, but you can't, you right. can't convince people of that logic, especially if they're going around shoving eating disorder up everyone's ass because yeah. they feel they need to label. And I, I feel like a lot of people don't realize that that bodybuilding is a fucking sport, you know? It, yeah. And they're like that, you know, they'll look at somebody before, right before they step on the stage, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe she just eats only that much. And she's, you know, that thin. It's like, that's what they do. That's yeah. part, that's part of it. Yeah. And whether, you know, and, and like, even like take another sport, for example, like marathon runners, like, you know how much like carbs they consume right before their, their run the, the night before. Yeah. And you oh, know, yeah. if someone, but nobody questions the marathon runner, right? Mm -hmm. uh, nobody questions. Exactly their favorite football player for only eating chicken rice and veggies all day every day they don't question their the their favorite boxer um but yeah again they're they're so quick to label other groups of people and that's what kind of like sucks yeah. about it is like I, it's like you know this, i just hate labels period yeah. <laughs> yeah like just labeling people without being educated on the topic like simply if you just are not educated just don't don't speak on it it's very it's very simple <laughs> If you don't know them, person, if you don't know their story, sh shut the fuck up. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> that is it. That is all. If they that did not ask for your critique, especially, you know, yeah. the unsolicited advice, too, like, please yeah. stop, you know. Uh, yeah. Whether yeah. it's form videos or workout videos, if they didn't ask for your critique, you, you're it's not welcomed, in my opinion, you know. So, exactly. Exactly. And again, like back to the fine line of like, when is it warranted to call someone out? When is it completely unsolicited? And when is it warranted? Right? Um, yes. But yeah, if yep. they're not harming anyone, if they're doing like their workout, and they're just posting themselves working out. And like, you know, I, I, I do not like it when creators go and like, look at other people's workouts and they're like, oh, I see one tiny thing off with their form. And then they go and berate them on the page. Oh, for clout. It's for clout. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. the person is like getting like all this like negative feedback and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, wait, I didn't ask for this. So. For sure. For um, sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's, um, it's, it's one of those things. Um, I don't know the right way of doing it, but like you said, as long as you're not hurting anybody or potentially hurting anybody, then I've got no problem with it. So um, exactly, exactly. Hurting people it comes in yeah. many ways, you know, it could be with hurting them financially. It could be hurting them mentally. It could be hurting them physically. It could be any yeah. number of things. So no, absolutely. I sure. totally agree. Totally. Cool. All right. So we wanted to do, um, this little segment, um, that we, we want to do like overrated, underrated. So we'll, we'll throw out some categories and we'll let you, we'll let you do overrated or under underrated. And then we'll, we'll add our opinion onto it. What do you think? All right. That's fine. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So, um, Beth, I'll go first on mine and then you go after me. So, um, so overrated, underrated hit high intensity interval training. I think it is, uh... <laughs> I have so many like appropriately rated. I think maybe it's yep. like sometimes it's overrated, sometimes it's underrated, right? Because like hit training yep. is like VO two max type training, right? But right. what hit training is not is just simple circuit training that just gets your heart rate up, right? 
that's circuit Agreed. training. Agreed. That's, that's, that's a big misconception there too. People are doing yeah. circuit workouts and they're like, oh, I just did a HIIT workout. I'm like, if you're doing like, if you're doing high intensity interval training, you can't do that for a sustained amount of time. You can't do 20, 30 minutes of HIIT. You know, yeah. that's, 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 that's insane. So I think um, from a, it's, it's, it's appropriately related, appropriately related depending on the context. So I like hit for the efficiency aspect of yeah, it. Like it gets me, it, it gets my cardio in and out and I'm done and I hate doing yeah. cardio. So that's, yeah. 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 For like fat loss. And it, I think for fat loss, it's, it's overrated. Of course, yeah. you know, there you uh, go. You within see, the whole the concept, nuances so. that yeah. I'm like, I'm like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. so funny, Matt, that you said that. Cause I was going to put, ask her fasted cardio. Oh, that's a good one. This is a good one. Okay, I'm gonna also say I'm gonna also say this, and I'll explain why. I, I oh, I've okay. done research on this one. Okay, it is for the general population. It is overrated, right? Because at the end of the day, y'all all know that at the end of the day, it's what it's calories in versus calories out. Simple as that. You know, if you do fasted cardio and you're consuming more in a day, you will not inherently lose more weight or fasted cardio is not superior to fed cardio calories in calories out. Right. But the yep. only exception to that is bodybuilders coming up on their, their show one, two weeks out where um, I'm going to try not to go into depth on this one, but it's something about the, the ratio of fatty oxidation and the rate where it's slight, it's where like those little tiny ass things matter at that point. Whereas more fatty oxidation matters at that point. And that's where fasted cardio, I feel like, is underrated, is is for competitors very, 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 very close to show. Nice. Um, I okay. have a few uh, scientific articles on this. It's actually fantastic. But like for the general population, it yeah. is completely overrated. It is right. no okay. superior to fat cardio. Love it. Got it. What was your take on that one, Beth? Would you agree? I, was, I agree. I agree with her. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. Same. All right. Next up, we got this. This this is a loaded one. Pre-workout. Uh, I'm going to have to say gen in general overrated. Yeah, I think I, I think I think there's a huge trend just going around with like, I don't care if you dry scoop, but like, like, have you seen like those videos <laughs> of like the influencers the dry scoop? Like, literally opening like four like bangs and they're like putting this the pre-workout in it and then they're like chugging all three and i'm like hello like caffeine overload like i think it's beneficial for like athletes and gym goers to an extent but again dosage makes poison like anything else right. so if you're going to consume three scoops of pre-workout and think that it's going to do miracles for you you're only going to screw with your caffeine tolerance meanwhile and what you i always say behind Exactly. Thank you, Beth, because I was just going to go there next. If if you're using that as a crutch because you're just exhausted because you're not you're sleeping four hours a night, you're not that's not going to correct. That's not going to fix anything for you. That's not going to exactly. do anything for you. So, exactly. Yeah. It should. Yeah, I actually don't take pre-workout anymore simply because I don't like crashing after the pre-workout. I used to take super yep. heavy pre-workouts. I used to be like I would have to take 600, 700 milligrams of caffeine a day just to oh. feel something. Now I am fine at 300 milligrams, 400 milligrams, which is like the recommended um, dosage or whatnot. My cortisol mm -hmm. levels aren't as high. Um, my eyes aren't yellowing anymore. My eyes used to yellow. Because um, I remember one, one day last year on prep, I had overdosed by accident. Within a short, I consumed too much caffeine within a short period of time. And I think that's when it hit me where I was like, I need to stop or like do something. Oh, wow. I ended up cutting pre-workout out for the rest of my prep, but I haven't gotten back on it since. Cause I simply just 
drink some black coffee. There's my caffeine. Um, I love that. You know, maybe take some. That's what I do too. Yeah, L-theanine and like a little bit extra. Yeah. Um, but you know, to to help out. But I'm not gonna take pre-workout because I just don't enjoy like crashing. Yeah, after. my pre-workout is literally black coffee, like a half hour before, and then a, like a, I eat a banana on the way to the gym, and then yeah. I'm good to go. You the know. Carbs. So. Yep. Exactly. Gotta cool. love carbs. So right. overrated. Beth, what <laughs> what do you have for us, Beth? Collagen. Oh, wait. Collagen. Okay. Oh, we're on a collagen. I would say for as a weight loss supplement, it is overrated because everyone is looking at collagen as a weight loss supplement now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know why because collagen has nothing to do with your weight is loss. Is that why I keep getting asked just- about collagen these days? Yeah, more, yes. Oh. Yeah. It's uh, also not a complete protein either. Yeah. Um, right. so I feel like people like to use it as a replacement um, for, for protein when when really we we shouldn't be using it as a replacement for protein. I always tell my clients like collagen is not a complete protein. Right. Um, so do it's not. A, don't it's, a, it's a lower your, quality. Yeah, it's yeah. So don't yeah. count your collagen as a complete protein or um, mm-hmm. as part of your macros. And the um, studies behind collagen that support collagen use, those are actually funded by collagen su- supplement companies that, that, that I'm aware yeah, of go, at least. Go, so go there's always that. Yeah. Yeah. Super important to remember that like funding of the studies is important. Mm-hmm. To yeah, absolutely. So overrated. Agreed. Overrated. All right. So I've got another one here. BCAAs. Definitely overrated. Yeah, definitely overrated. There's no, there's or, not even I, a I question about that. I'm not even doing fucking overrated. overrated. Like again, well, I, I still get this question again. a lot, actually. So, um, uh-huh. for anybody listening, yeah. branched chain amino acids. Um, you know, you, you the flavored, you flavored power you put in your intro of workout drinks. Um, get enough. Eat, eat real protein. Eat, eat your your protein throughout the day, and you're gonna be fine, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just like you're just feeding yourself something that you're just going to ex- excrete if your body doesn't doesn't need it right and again time and time again studies are showing us that complete protein is going to overcome those bcaas always it's always going to be superior so yeah agree all right mm-hmm. all right uh beth did you have another one i think we got a few more minutes one. with her um okay. i'm i'm basically like these are things like that clients ask me and i love to hear other people's um Push-ups. Push-ups. Overrated mm. or underrated? Yep. Um, you know, that's a really difficult one. I wouldn't. It is. Yeah, that's a really, I don't know whether to say it's overrated or underrated. I think they can be a great addition to your workout. Mm-hmm. Should you be doing 200 push-ups to like maximize your upper body strength? No. Yeah. But is it a is it a good exercise when done with great technique? I think so too, and I think mm-hmm. I think like the modifications of a push up is what's really cool too, right? If you have yeah. someone that can't do a full yep. push up, you move yep. them to on their knees, you move them to an incline, you move them to the wall, even. So I think right. it can be a great addition to to a program. So, but I can't really say it's underrated because like it's a very common exercise. Yeah. But I can't say it's overrated. So I don't know. Maybe I'm like in the middle or just neutral with this one. Yeah. All I know is I did so many push-ups at the beginning of the of the pandemic. So yes. <laughs> you guys remember those that's, that's push-up why, challenges? Why, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That's why I think it's underrated. I, think it's, I don't know. There's so many different forms of push-ups. You can, you know, especially if you know you have a client that doesn't have a lot of equipment. I mean, it's really you can do a lot with that. 
Maybe. Yeah, you do I think it's a great it. indicator of upper body strength too. You know, yeah. being able to do a full one full mm-hmm. body weight push up, I think, is a great indicator of strength. It's really hard so. for a lot of women to get. You know, their first push up is like a big deal, kind of like a yeah, female, yeah, first chin sure. up. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I have clients that those are literally their goals. I want to do a full push up and a full pull up. You know, yeah. so and those are the type of goals that I love setting for people. So mm-hmm. love that, love that. Hell yeah. That's all I got for the overrated underrated. I think this is a fantastic episode. Yeah. I think so too. Super Sabrina, fun. thank you for sharing um, your, your history and your journey with your, with your ED and your, with your, with your preparation for bodybuilding. And I love also, I just want to note this, that you're focused on like living your life. I'm fully 100%. I fucking love that. Yeah. Um, I can, I'll never tell anybody what to do, but I, I just love that for you. I think, I think you're going to uh, grow even more as a person from that. So thank you. I can't wait. I'm still totally. young. I'm still 23. So I got a ways to go yeah. and I need yeah, to know stage will always be there. Yeah, for sure. For I'm sure. Sorry. Well, thanks for having me all. I really, really appreciate this. Yeah. So before you leave, why don't you tell everyone where we can, they can find you. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So my name's Sabrina. Yep. I'm also known as beefcake Brina on TikTok. So beefcake underscore <laughs> Brina. You can also find me on Instagram, which is Sabrina Lina, my middle name, L I N A dot lifts. Um, that's my Instagram or my business Instagram at my project buff. Um, if you're interested in being coached by me, I do have an application available and I am coaching, taking on clients currently. Uh, right now we're trying to make it to 200. So Let's, let's, let's hope to do that right. soon. But um, yeah, application is in, in the link in any of my social media platforms. And that's where all the people can find me. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Thanks, Brianna. Well, thanks, well, thank thanks, you. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. See y'all. Keep, fresh, keep crushing it. Yes, y'all too. <laughs> Bye. All right. Bye. And that is a wrap for episode six. If you have found even the smallest nougat of wisdom in this episode, Share it with a friend that needs to hear it. Come on, don't be stingy. Your friend will think you are the absolute best person out there. I know I love it when I get that random text from a friend sharing a link to a podcast that they know I'm going to absolutely love. Along with the message, oh my God, you've got to listen to this podcast. You will fucking love it.